What's up, podcast world? Welcome to Thoughts on God, a podcast where we interview people about their personal beliefs in spirituality, philosophy, and consciousness. We feature people that exist outside of the spectrum of traditional religion and are curious about the variety of ideas about our existence. I am your host, Anthony Reese Schneider, coming to you from Los Angeles, California, USA. This podcast is recorded live at our weekly Sunday morning service called The Service, which is currently accessible on Zoom every Sunday at 11 a.m. PST on our website, www.neverlandtribe.com, nvrlndtribe.com. You can also find us on social media at Neverland Tribe, NVRLND Tribe. If you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to this podcast for new weekly episodes. On today's episode, we're featuring Rebecca Luisa Cacavo. Rebecca is a public speaker, coach, social activist, and multi talented creative. Her work speaks to the intersection of emotional intelligence spirituality, futurism, and socio-political issues. I remember the first time I think I met you (laughs) was I walked in like halfway through some speech that she was giving and what were you talking about? You were... (laughs) I I feel like you probably walked in when I was talking about like some like futurist, like techno optimism slash collective shadow work for resource-based economies and like just crashing our current paradigm sort of. That's pretty much exactly what I walked into. And I was just like, I don't know who that is, but I have to know her. <laughs> so. I remember, I just remember this, like this guy with like a, a leather jacket being like, I need to, who, who are you? Like, oh, what's up? Yeah, that was me. I grabbed her and said, we have to be friends now. Yeah. So um, it was, don't do that though. Definitely get consent <laughs> first before you grab people. Um, anyways, so let's actually, I'm, I'm curious about your sort of spiritual background first. Mm. Like, were you, did you grow up in a religion? What's, what's the vibes? Yeah. So I, I went to Universalist Unitarian Church. Um, I was born in Manhattan and I, and I went to church there until I was seven, but it was the kind of church, um, there were like Jews that went like uh, atheists, like whoever really would go to this church. And um, all that I did is went to the basement and watched Free Willy and um, ate snacks. And that that's sounds like, insanely spiritual. It was so great. Um, so <laughs> great. But I guess mostly my family is quite agnostic. Um, my grandfather walked out of his Catholic church in the 1920s when he was 13 years old because they were preaching about anti-Semitism. Um, and so from that, like my dad could not even hear the word God just without like cringing for a lot of my life. And at the same time, people have called, um, at least my dad, um, one of the most spiritual atheists that they know. And I, I feel like I've gotten a lot of, a lot of spiritual education, just not with the terms God or like unity consciousness or or anything like that. It's just more of a, of a moral grounding that then became over the years and, you know, college years, the psychedelics, like, holy shit, there, there is a God. Um, I like this God. This God is all that there is. And so that's, I guess, how I, um, how I grew up, the context for how I grew up. And what do you spend the majority of your time and energy doing now? Hmm. 
thinking um, and moving. Yeah, and relating to people. I, I mean, I'm a thinker and I'm a speaker and speaking is what drives me. I just, it's the, both the emoting and the ideas that I can like create in motion, um, which I love. I read and just talking to people and, and fostering relationships. Yeah, I, I want to be writing a book soon. Um, that is a big thing to put in this space. <laughs> but yeah, yeah just uh, a lot of, I, I cringe at the term thought leader, but like that's absolutely what I want to do. Okay. Yeah. And you went to like a really dope college, right? Yeah. Like you had a pretty unique college experience. I'd love I to did. sort of throw that in here as well. Yeah. So I went to a school called New College of Florida. It's an 800 person small liberal arts college on the coast of Florida. Um, unique, uniquely brilliant. It's, uh, it's very, very odd. Most of actually the, like, if you guys have heard of MAPS, Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies and um, Arrowhead, Rick Doblin, um, all of these folks went to New College. So we had like a deeply academic and deeply like intellectually rigorous um, program. Also just like tons of hippies. So it's this, I've always been really at the intersection of communities that are like, I mean, just different communities, uh, whether it be like growing up in New York, then moving to San Francisco, being part of the spirituality community and deeply into social justice and dismantling systems of oppression work. Um, just even my own positionality is growing up. Um, I grew up in San Francisco and in inner cities in San Francisco is um, growing up in communities of color that were low income, being a middle class privileged white woman. Um, so always being at the crux and learning how to like mold that. Uh, that was a big thing for college, too, because there is such a divide, which I think we see in our world today as well, between, like, the super, like, straight brain, intellectually thinking people and the more feeling, emoting, sensuous, spiritual types of folks. And did that college experience have any influence on your spirituality and how? Yeah, I mean... Um, it's, it, it wasn't a place that was just about the education, um, like strictly the books and, the, and, and all of that. It was the entire experience. Um, and I think that I would be remiss to say that anything didn't impact my spiritual beliefs because every single part of my life um, has been a container for a specific experience that like unlocks a new level of the video game that is my life. Um, and my connection <laughs> to, to source. And that's sort of all of us, right? We like, whatever container and situation we're in, we learn and it's almost like up to us to the degree to which we can um, tap in to the connectedness that that experience brings forth in us. So you just mentioned the word source. Mm. What is that? Mm. Source is all things. Source is, um, source is where we came from. You know, source is God, source is the unmovable, the unnameable and, um, I, I don't subscribe to the idea that source is only good um, or, or bad or anything. Source is all things. Um, and it's just what connects us. It's this like, like who the hell knows? And that's sort of the, the ecstatically awesome part, you know? What's the point in talking about this shit if none of us know what the hell's going on? <laughs> I feel like it's the process though. And that's the thing, but that's, that's the thing that actually is super big. Right. So like in our world, what can we actually like firmly know for sure? 
you know, like, especially in the coronavirus crises, we're all like grasping towards a feeling of certainty and a feeling of knowing. And it's like, if we could actually just like sit in our unknowing, we would start to fall in love with the process of finding truth, whatever truth means, right? Instead of just being so like, this is the truth. And that's the exciting thing about God too. It's like, it's about the process, or at least for me, it's about the process more than, um, than putting God in a box because God is not unboxable. It's not boxable to me at least. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I'm curious, like what some of the most sort of profound, like spiritual experiences that you've had in your life. Um, mm. I mean, you, you mentioned psychedelics a couple times, so I'm assuming that maybe that has something to do with it. And I think it's, you know, it's important to sort of acknowledge the potential that substances like that have to elicit very profound experiences and most of which, you know, are oftentimes mystical. Is that something that you've experienced or? Totally. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, I think, I guess in terms of spiritual experiences, it all, it all started for me as emotional experiences. Um, and I've always been quite an introspective person, um, like very extroverted, very, very introspective. And um, I guess for me, it, it I didn't have the name for it as spiritual. Um, but when I was 15, my best friend committed suicide and about four or five other people in my grade. Um, and I just went off the fucking tracks. I went off my rocker. Like I was just angry and um, miserable and had to prove to the world that I was super fucked up. Various things. Um, and I wound up getting on the other side of that. And after experiencing such a low, um, really experienced myself bringing myself out of that and being able to look back and be like, holy shit. And it's, um, it's almost the, like, the, the sine wave experience that we all go through through life, right? But um, when I was 15, 16, I really, really um, started to understand at least my relationship to the peaks and the valleys and um, the nuggets that are in each negative or low experience um, that then inform how high you go next or the connection or the lessons that you, that you bring forth next. And to me, that was a deeply, deeply spiritual realization. And then throughout the years, I was able to connect those to, I, I guess, like spiritual rhetoric or something a bit more, um, it's, it's interesting, like I could say grounded in spirituality, but spirituality is not necessarily the most grounded thing. Um, but it's grounded in a, in a new like language construct, which would be like the spiritual law of attraction, da, 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 like all the things that we see. Yeah, it's like um, these, quote, and I, I actually, I'm, I'm not like a huge fan of the word spiritual even because it's just like, what is that? What yeah. does that even mean? You know, yeah. um, it's just some of these things are actually difficult to talk about because um well, they sort of exist outside of the scope of language you know yeah exactly um okay so what do you think happens when you die <laughs> <laughs> oh man um i sort of have this feeling like we are all dixie cups like you know the dixie cups that just like over time when there's water in the dixie cup it just gets grosser and grosser <laughs> Like really, just like a moist and soggy Dixie cup. And so what? eventually, <laughs> hey, like Dixie's got to work on the packaging. Um, <laughs> and it, it's 
my idea is that like there's a big pool of consciousness, unending ocean, and we talk a lot about past lives, and that almost pisses me off. Like people will refer to their past lives to justify experiences that we have in our like personal life, and to each of their own. I've definitely had experiences that I'm like, whoa, I definitely had a past life experience with you. Um, they're few and far between. I don't want to overuse that. And I feel like we take this Dixie cup, scoop some water in, live our lives. And then when we die and it gets moist, we pour the water back into this big collective pool. Um, and why I mentioned past lives is because it's this idea that like where we came from, we all experienced. It's the, the sort of like I breathed the same air that Jesus Christ did sort of situation and, and dinosaurs yeah and dinosaurs it's like it's almost like this destruction of this idea of like a linear soul path and the idea that we are all part of this one sort of amorphous blob and and like i my little dixie cup like maybe like you and i share a little bit more molecular similarities in terms of what's what soul is in our dixie cup than me and someone else you know it's uh that sort of soul family connection, but we, we come from the same big pool and ocean. Does that make sense? The Dixie cup thing is killing me right Thank now. You. Thank you. I was probably very stoned when I thought of that. We don't condone drug use here, people. Just so you know, sure. don't do drugs. They're bad. No. Um, but anyways, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I, I love the sort of comparison of like the ocean, you know, to the, whatever the omnipresent universal energy is like when you die, you sort of just go back into the ocean and it gets dispersed. And there's little, like you said, sort of molecules floating around of, of quote unquote you, but it all gets yeah. mixed up and we're all just really like the same sort of no tasty substance of each other. And, you know, this world of separation is um, mm -hmm. just what we have to sort of create to be human. Yeah. It's for like, reason. It's almost like this, um, because I, I at least believe that after we die or before we were born, um, we didn't have space or time. And in order to know oneself as source or, or to experience oneself, it's almost like our higher selves, whatever, like decide that we get to go into a video game and expand. If the purpose, of, if part of the purpose of life is expansion, you can't expand when there isn't like a relative before and after because expansion inherently means something happened before and afterward the result was this. Mm -hmm. So let me go into this video game where everything is, is separate and distinct and there's just that separation, but the separation is sacred in many ways. And we can oftentimes use the word separation as, um, as like th there's different frequencies to separation. You know, there's a separation frequency that is destructive and we choose and there's the separation frequency that is sacred and we choose as well. But it's like we go forth and it's like, how can we actually, how could we actually experience expansion without this separation? And in the like amorphous goo ocean beforehand, there's just no distinction. There's no separation between you and me and my liver and an octopus, you know? Yeah. What are the cheat codes to the video game? I mean, I think, you know, we've already sort of brought up like radical vulnerability. That feels yeah. like a cheat code. To yeah. Me. Um. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like there are many paths, but one truth. And maybe that's even naive to say one truth, but I think it's love. Yeah. And it's it's almost like it doesn't it doesn't really matter what we do in this life. 
you know, it's, it's um, one of my favorite books, Conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh, or through his channel, um, God is talking about like, oh, you know, it's like, if you send your kid off to the playground, are you really concerned about like the details of what they're doing? You just like, you want to know that they're safe and go fuck around. Sort so of it thing. Does, you said it doesn't matter what we do in this life? Yeah, sort of like, no, um, it's oh God. So I was thinking the other day, I have a deep fear of leaving this earth before having actualized my potential. And first of all, what the fuck is actualizing one's potential, right? Like your potential is infinite and therefore it cannot be reached. But nevertheless, I still have this deep fear that I'm going to die and be like, I didn't do the things that I was meant to do. And I had this like, this vision of if that happened and I was on my deathbed and my little soul, like Roger Rabbit style, you know, the weasels going up to heaven. (laughs) I do. I don't know if anybody gets a reference. Um, but my little soul is flying up to heaven and meeting God. And I was like, all right, that run was, was I, I didn't do all the things that I really wanted to, but I was like dealing with these things, you know, it's, it's decent. And I was like, oh, okay. And, and then I had the vision of if I did, if I like slayed it all through my human existence and then my little weasel self flew up to God and I was like, dude, I did all of those dope things. So I don't think it necessarily matters what we do. Um, I, what matters is how we do it. And even that is just, I mean, corny central, but like even that is just the, the existing, existing is enough. Yeah, because everything else is sort of like a creation of our, of our human sort of expression, which ultimately is like very limited. Like the, the idea of like, oh, I don't want to die until I've lived a full life. It's like no one is getting anything other, like more than anybody else's. We're all just, all we have is this moment. Like there is no future experience where I have already lived a full life and that's my destiny and blah, blah, blah. At least I don't think so. I mean, um, I know Marcus Aurelius in his meditations talks about how you don't lose your life. You just lose a moment. Like we sort of have this idea that like, Oh, you know, me as this person that has lived all these things in my past and has all this potential in the future, I'm losing so much. But the reality is that like, we're all losing exactly the same thing, which is just one moment. Mm. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. (laughs) and yeah and it's like it's the whole like your life flashes before your eyes thing this entire thing is just one one big blip inside a bigger blip inside of a bigger blip it's like the eternal divine matryoshka doll you know the russian nesting dolls i should have known that what we were going to talk about would be outside of the realm of language and (laughs) be weird as shit and um okay anyways let's bring it back down to earth a little bit um do you have any like daily practices that you do to help you sort yeah. of stay I, feeling good and feeling yeah. tuned in? Yeah. Tapped in, turned on. Tapped um, in. Uh, yeah. I generally try to meditate in the morning. Um, I am a huge dancer. Um, like shake this ass. Like there's no tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it. It's true. <laughs> And yeah, definitely dance and definitely movement um, and definitely connection to music. Um, My dad is a sound engineer and um, my mom is an author and um, 
just my like relationship with music throughout the years i'm i'm definitely especially during quarantine i feel like there's this deep resonance and deep reconnection with music um and that as a routine like music is just there there are few words but they're all the words to describe so i would say just in terms of like of routines like yeah there's the meditation yeah there's the the movement all of that but just music and being able to have something so beautiful as like a simple harmony or just music that resonates so deeply carry you and almost like mirror your experience or be like a, a company, a partner in that experience um, is key. For me, it's just been like throughout my life, I'll even just like make playlists and years later, I'll, I'll look back and be like, wow, I'm transported to that place in time. Because music is such a, a healing modality for me. Dude, I do the same thing. Yeah. Like yeah, I in college my iTunes library was like literally the most important thing in my life. Yeah. Yeah, now Spotify. <laughs> and I had it all like arranged. Yeah. I had like 14,000 songs like meticulously yeah. organized. Totally. And, and it's like I'll have like a I'll have a playlist for when I'm just feeling like soft and tender. I'll have a playlist for if I want to like just Stevie wonder like dance around feel ecstatic wonder and just yeah. I have a playlist for breakups a playlist for morning routines a playlist for like getting my spiritual zone um, <laughs> there's like playlists for everything but also then just like the playlist of your time the time in your life and then you can look back and and it it almost has like the same nostalgia as smell oh you know? totally when you hear a song and, and you like listen to it to death when you were 13 years old and you just get transported there, but from this like meta perspective, it, it's yeah. like the, uh, the whole, like you can look back on yourself and, and like give yourself love from, from the future. Um, well, it's like, it's, it's for me, it's like nostalgia, which is a really actually very strange emotion um, because it's, it's like both positive and negative. It's like mm -hmm. positive because we, are able to sort of connect to a, a I don't know, it's, it, it's very hard to explain. It's like, you know, we have fond memories of life as we go through it, but then also it's like, we miss that in a way. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll never get it back. Yeah. We'll never get it back. So I music is that. a good, is a good way to sort of, um, stimulate certain emotions and memories and whatnot. Oh yeah. yeah. And, but also just like reconnect to a, a deeper aspect of it too. Like I, I went through the Beatles discography during, uh, during quarantine a couple times and just like would definitely just lie on my carpet, just like listening, deeply listening. And it's like in, in our like single, our single like EP, whatever culture, we just don't like listen to full discographies and albums anymore. And there's just something about like, I know exactly which song comes after the next and just like sitting and listening and, and finding new depths to the music that you've known your entire life. Yeah. And then just being like, whoa, I'm like unlocking a different level of my like humanness <laughs> just because this chord progression is, I'm finding something new about it. Or... <laughs> yeah. I totally watched that movie yesterday. Um, I did too. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it a couple, a couple, like a month ago and I just cried the entire time which is like ridiculous because it's a comedy, but I was just <laughs> because I was like, I am so grateful to live in the world with the Beatles. Like I, I got very emotional. I love that. I Me am too. also hypersensitive to music and just about everything else in life. So <laughs> <will> you. <laughs> 
All right, so that wraps up this episode of Thoughts on God. If you liked what you heard, make sure to subscribe. Follow us on social media at Neverland Tribe, N-V-R-L-N-D Tribe. Feel free to reach out to me if you have any comments or questions. I'll talk to you guys soon.